This is Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and before we get started, let me be clear. This podcast isn't just about minimalism. It's a podcast about living fully. Over the past few years, I've learned that living with a little less in our homes and on our calendars leads to less cluttering up our minds, which simply helps give us the space to give our time and thoughts to the things that actually matter. So what do we talk about on here? We talk about minimalism and decluttering and how to get there, yes. But we also have conversations about pursuing intentionality in the things that matter, like our motherhood, faith, relationships, work, and mindset. Minimalish is a podcast for the women committed to contentment and loving the life in front of them, committed to living with a little less so they can create space for the things that matter most. What it's not about, how many spoons you should have, or any kind of rules or legalistic minimalism that promises you'll be happier if you just get rid of more stuff. Getting rid of stuff isn't what will make you happy. It's about the life you live with the new space you find. If that sounds good to you, grab a mug of whatever you like and stick around. I'm so grateful you're here. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. This is episode 78. I'm your host, Desiree, and if you listen each week, you might have noticed that we took a bit of a break last week. And the reason for that is that we thought my husband had coronavirus or COVID-19 or however you call the sickness that comes from it, which I think is COVID-19. I don't know. That's what we thought was happening. So he was in quarantine. He tested negative, thankfully, and all is, you know, back to normal, as normal as it can be during this time. But it was just a stressful week. So I decided to take a very much needed break. It was actually the first week, I think, that I took a break since Minimalish even began. So I was grateful for that break. I am grateful even more to be back and to be releasing this episode this week, which was actually a conversation that I had two weeks ago. And it is really focused on what's happening in the world right now, but not to talk about the details of what it all is and how we should handle it and what we should do. But rather, it's a conversation between friends just about what this new normal looks like for us. So I am talking today to Catherine, who I talk to once a month for a Q&A episode. That's kind of what this is. But I also asked my friend Nicole, who you can find at Begin at Home on Instagram. I will tag that in the show notes. I also asked her to join us as well. I wanted to have a conversation with more than one person, and this came out of the idea that I just wanted to have a live podcast recording, which is what we did here. So I actually didn't go through and do much editing to this episode. I just want to make that known because I want it to feel like a live podcast recording, which is what it felt like for the people who listened in live and joined us on a Zoom call while we had this conversation. I kind of left it as is so that you could enjoy it in that way. We are talking about new routines, what our, quote, new normal looks like, and just how we're coping during this time. We talk even a little bit about educating from home. Nicole is a former elementary teacher. I'm a former middle school teacher, so we kind of add some perspective there. But overall, I just hope that you grab a warm drink of whatever you like to drink and join us for this conversation and just feel less alone in it. Because 
really we can't have face-to-face conversations with our friends and family if we're stuck at home. And I think that talking about this and talking about how things have changed is important. One more thing I did want to say. I saw a post that I thought was really good on Instagram about a week ago that said we should stop calling it the new normal because nothing about this is normal. And I just want to acknowledge that I totally agree with that. It's not really normal, but it is just what life has to look like for us right now. If the phrase the new normal bothers you, I totally get that. It's what I say during this podcast. It's it's what I was calling it here. But yeah, there really is nothing normal about this and it's okay to not feel like this is normal and not be able to find a normal amidst this. I mean, I think we are all struggling with that in some ways. Let's just dive right in to this conversation that I had with Catherine and Nicole. All right, so we're talking about... Just like everything that, um, I mean, we're not literally talking about the state of the world. <laughs> I don't have, I'm, I'm not an expert. I don't have comments on that. Uh, but we are talking about like the state of our own homes and ourselves. And we're just going to have a conversation on what this has looked like for us um, in general during this time. Because... I think it will help us all feel less alone. The more we talk about it, the more we talk to each other about it. And of course, just a reminder that our, I say this on every Q&A just because I always want to say that like our perspectives are limited to our own and that's where we're coming from whenever we talk about all of this. So just know that Um, we're going to share our hearts and what's been happening in our homes. But if it looks different for you, then do what is best for you at all times. This is just meant to All of it's meant to make us feel less alone. The first thing I want to do is uh, if Nicole and Catherine, if you just want to briefly say like who you are and what you do for those listening that might not know. Um, And Nicole, if you want to start. Okay, sure. Um, My name is Nicole Pearson. I have a little hobby microblog called Begin at Home on Instagram. Um, And it's really just about being, not being so frazzled all the time. I feel like I would see a lot of my mom friends feeling super frazzled about everything. And I just really think that mom life or life in general just doesn't have to be so frazzled. So I just try to share like tips, tactical things. Um, I share like our debt-free journey, how we live debt-free. I share how I'm trying to be more minimal, but I'm definitely on my journey. I'm not an expert, so you'll see a lot of that. Um, and really, I just want to be a community for moms to support one another and to learn from one another. That's been my favorite part. As this has all begun, you've been a bright spot for me, Nicole, and your specific account just because you talk about routine so much and, and you're just such a positive person. So I wanted to invite you on. So thank with you all that, so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with all that said, Catherine, um, if you, if anybody hasn't heard the Q and A's before or our episode together, if you want to just do a quick, real quick intro of who you are and what you do. Yeah. So I'm Catherine Williams. I do the same thing, like a micro blog, Insta blog on uh, Instagram. And I initially got on there to do like decorating stuff, but it kind of morphed into minimalism and how I decorate my home minimally. It's called colonial because I live in a colonial style home and that's my favorite design type. Um, But I'm also a military spouse. My husband's a pilot. Um, So I have that experience. I stay at home with my son who's almost three and we just talk a lot about minimal living. Um, my background's in counseling, so I do. I talk a lot about therapy te- techniques and approaches um, and how to manage um, simple living through your heart to find peace in your home. So it's mainly what I do. Awesome. 
a couple of weeks ago, everyone knows, at least, I mean, different states are, I'm just seeing like some states are now only putting like a shelter in place. At least I'm in Pennsylvania. We've been under like shelter in place for two weeks now. A lot of people have been, even if your state or country or whatever is not doing that, a lot of areas are self-quarantining, whatever that looks like. So a lot of us have been stuck at home. So with that said, my first question, just to give a picture of what the new normal looks like for you and your family, like what, you don't have to go in detail, but just more so give us a brief picture of what that looks like in general. For me, I'll just go quickly. The difference for us here is mostly that my husband is home. He's a teacher, so we're both working from home. Um, My work has always been really flexible because I stay at home with my daughter, so I do it while she sleeps for the most part. And that would, she's two, so uh, she naps still. So I do it while she naps and in the early mornings uh, with my husband home. It's kind of funny because my main work is podcasting. And it's just funny to like talk with him sitting in the corner since we both hide out (laughs) in the same area. Our house is really small. So we both hide out in the same little office area, but it's not that our, our days look extremely different, although he's home and that adds more dishes and everything. I would say just this whole thing has really thrown our routines through a loop in general, even though, um, you know, it doesn't look that different. Neither of us are going out of the house for jobs right now. Um, and I think we both feel like really grateful for that and grateful for the people that still are, but that's just what it looks like for us in a nutshell. So Catherine or Nicole, whoever wants to. Um, so for us, I think I've said this before on the Insta blog, it's not all that different for us right now. We are at a stay at home order. We've been under that for a couple of weeks too. Um, but for me, this sounds really terrible, but I feel like I was like made for hibernation. Like this is my <laughs> introvert is loving this. I'm okay with hunkering down, that sort of thing. But um, like you said, Luke, your husband's home more. My husband is home more, but he still has to work and go in and fly. Um, so I feel like I'm, I'm so independent that it feels weird to have him home. Um, so like redefining our roles as parents and co-parenting in a way that I haven't had to do in a while because my husband deploys a lot. Um, So for us, the new normal is like figuring out who does what, when, how we switch off roles, um, obviously not being able to go anywhere. So like orienting our days so that the days don't feel so long and and blur together. Um, But for the most part, not a whole lot has changed just because I'm so used to being home anyway, because I, I don't work. I was, I'm a stay-at-home mom, um, and my son doesn't go to school yet. So um, I'm home with him all day long, and I'm pretty used to that. Um, but it is an adjustment when, when you're so independent, and then they are, they're home and around more. So um, it's, it's been different, but it's, um, I'm grateful that my military experience has kind of prepped me for this. I feel like for once that our abnormal lifestyle is paying off because I'm so used to, to this kind of routine and defining what change looks like and being used to change um, and being flexible and things like that. So um, yeah, my normal has shifted a little bit, but um, I'm grateful that it's not been too like inconvenienced in a big way. So yeah. What about you, Nicole? Is your husband home? What does it look like for you? 
Yes. So I'm a stay-at-home mom. I have two boys, one turning five next month and then one who just turned two. And my husband typically works outside of the home, but he's been working at home. I think this is the third week he's been back. Um, And I kind of had this utopia in my mind that he's going to have this fluffy work from home schedule and he'll be around a lot and he'll just touch base with work. And it has not been that at all. He (laughs) has been actually working longer hours. He works in like agriculture and he's been busy. So he's been in the basement kind of like totally off limits to us. He'll come up and have lunch with us, but it has not been like, oh, he'll be done earlier and we'll have more family time. It actually hasn't looked like that, which I was kind of hoping for, but it hasn't been quite so fluffy. Um, The biggest change for us is my four-year-old goes to preschool or he did go to preschool for a half-day program um, Monday through Thursday. So now he's obviously home from that and that's been a big change. Um, so we're just kind of finding our new normal. Also, we were pretty active, like going out. I love to do, take the kids to story time and go to the zoo and go all these places, go to the park. Um, and that has felt different just being home all the time. I'm an introvert. I'm also a homebody. I kind of love it, but I just think for my kids, they're very used to being on the go and having play dates. And that's been an adjustment for sure. Yeah, that's, I think that's something for us that has been a huge adjustment is just that we're usually out of the house a lot, especially I don't, again, I enjoy being home, but um, Gemma is so active that this, this year specifically, like this school year, I feel like my life is in school year since my husband is a teacher, but, and I was a teacher previously. Um, But this school year, yeah, we, we were out and about a lot. So that's been a big change, but it's been interesting um, trying to navigate all of that. So with that said, um, how have, have you all kind of like restructured your days and routines in general? Um, like I know for me, <laughs> my husband is, I, I talk about routines a lot and I, I work on routines more in like small areas of my day. So I'll do like a morning routine that's really important to me. And then we have a very open and I'm, I'm just like very open about, or not, I'm using the wrong word, but just like, I don't know. It's more of a rhythm to the way that we do things in with just me and Gemma, because it's just us usually. And so my husband, he's an Enneagram one. If anyone knows what that means, it just means he's kind of like a perfectionist. He wants things to go um, not necessarily a certain way, but there needs to be structure for him. And I'm totally the opposite. So he came downstairs. I was playing with Gemma in our little like basement playroom. He came downstairs one day with a, a piece of paper and he said, I, I made our, <laughs> I made our quarantine schedule. <laughs> and so our routine, our new routine was created by Nick. I really had nothing to do with it. I knew that it needed to happen because the first week we were just like, what is going on? I barely worked like my work times went out the window because I just didn't know what to do with an uh, extra person in my office and even though it was my husband um nap time got later and later bedtime got later and later but uh I feel like there was some arguing just because we just didn't know I don't know what each other wanted to do so right now what we do which has really worked for us and if anybody does have there has been home and Nick's work schedule is somewhat flexible because he's a teacher and they've been like trying to navigate that. But now he, he does have to put lesson plans in and everything. It's still pretty flexible. So we switch off hours twice a day so that each of us can get time to do what we need to do since we do both 
work from home. So if you've got two parents working from home and that's a possibility, that's been really working for us um, to, and it's just one hour like in the morning and one hour in the evening for each of us that will kind of switch duty of one of us is with the kids and one of us or the kids one child and a dog <laughs> doesn't need supervision, but um, one of us is with Gemma and the other one is doing whatever they need to do at that time. So that's really helped to just have that expectation there that that's what's going to happen most days as long as, you know, our schedules allow for that to happen. Like some days he has extra work things he needs to do. Some days I do and we have to shift it around, but it's our baseline to do that. So that's worked for us. Um, does anyone else have like Nicole, did you have, uh, have you guys really fallen into a new routine at all? We have, um, it took a while. The biggest thing that's changed is we've done some slow starts in the morning, which before Henry had preschool, we would always be rushing breakfast, get dressed, brush your teeth, get in the car, go, go, go. And now it's honestly been so nice to just let the kids wake up on their own. Um, my four-year-old actually sleeps pretty late today. I woke him up or uh, like eight o'clock. I was like, buddy, it's probably time to start the day. You've slept for 12 and a half hours. Um, <laughs> But so that's been so nice is that they just come downstairs, they can play with toys, I make breakfast, we have breakfast together. It just feels so much calmer and I love that. Um, besides that, I have made us kind of a, I don't want to call it a schedule because it's not very rigid, but we do try to stick to our breakfast time and then we have kind of chore time then we am getting ready and then we have some sort of learning activity which I'll talk a little bit more about later. And then we do um, outside time lunch, kind of a rest time, quiet time for the whole family, the whole, at least um, me and the boys. And then in the afternoon, it's a lot more flexible. It's usually just a lot of outside time, free play, that kind of thing while I make dinner. So we've kind of fallen into a routine, but it took us a little bit to kind of get that rolling. But probably my favorite takeaway so far is just that we've had these lovely slow mornings that have felt just so refreshing after being go, go, go all school year. Yeah. Yeah, that is nice. I I enjoy slow mornings. So that's something that I always have tried to. I wonder, you know, in the future when things are normal and there might be school in, on the horizons, I'm like, okay, s slower mornings will be gone. So I enjoy them yes, in this season cherish as well. Them. Yes, <laughs> cherish them now. Catherine, have you guys uh, fallen into any new routines with this? Yeah, I feel like both of you are saying exactly kind of what we've implemented too. And normally without this whole situation happening, I am very like free with the schedule. Obviously, I know the rhythms and routines that we do in my mind without this going on, but I feel like I had to write them down in order for if Luke was going to be home to follow the same thing so that we could keep each other accountable. So I had never written down the schedule necessarily before this time, but it's actually been super helpful. Um, it helps my mind like keep track of the days really well and like the time blocking sort of thing like I, um, looking at the clock and knowing that there are end periods to certain parts of the schedule um, and you know sometimes playing with your kid is hard and so there are times that I like the playtime was would always bleed into other things or I wouldn't do it as long and so having the schedule has really helped me um, make sure that I'm sticking to playtime with my kid or whatever we're doing, the craft time, stretching that out, things like that. So um, the schedule has been super, super useful. And I definitely think I will keep that. Um, but 
like you said with your husband, my husband really needs that too because he's so used to the military telling him what to do all day. And, you know, we're very relaxed here because we've learned that we have to be so flexible, but um, having that paper, that schedule down has been really good. And I think it's good for Owen's age too, because he can, I can teach him, this is what this means. This is what we do at this time. Um, and it's helped with um, he could just graze food all day. Like he could just eat all day long and it's helped save our snacks and save and manage our food. Cause this is, you know, we'll have snack time at this time. We'll have lunch at this time. Um, so overall it's just helped me stay really disciplined and um, I haven't really been that way because I'm a very slow schedule person to begin with, like super introverted, we were very slow starts all the time, but this actually, I feel like made me step up a little bit. And I like, I really like that for us. So. Yeah, that's good. I feel like that having to, I mean, a lot of, there's so many different dynamics, but if you do have more people in your home right now, which I think, you know, the majority of people do, whether it's their kids are home from school, whatever it might be, I think there are positives. It might be hard, but there are positives to, having to figure out how to make this work together when it's unexpected. Like there are obviously different seasons. If your kids go to school their summer, things are probably more relaxed then. But now it's just like, this was unexpected. This is um, something we all have to navigate here. Nick brought in the schedule. He must've heard me talking about it. So (laughs) here it is. Um, He likes to note that the family time is uh he said it's like bookended by family time so like in the mornings and right before nap time and then right at the end of the day we have family time so that if the schedule gets off it can just like adjust from there so (laughs) i I will um, post that somewhere if it would help someone so i think it it is helpful he he did a really good job figuring that all out and i am not a schedule person um, I, I love routines, but I'm not like scheduled. So that was helpful that, that he is. So let's talk about, um, just like some of the difficulties of all of this because it is, I mean, it's, it's hard and not just that whether the actual situation feels really hard for you or whether it's just the fact that like what's going on is really hard to process. One question that we had um, was just the idea of if you are a mom, if you do have, or dad, um, if you have kids at home right now and it just feels like maybe there aren't really breaks um, from that you might get have gotten in the past. So the person who asked this said her normal was a break that she would be able to go out once a week on her own and or like once on on the weekend she'd go out for a little bit on her own whether that's running errands or whatever just to get out of the house as she's a stay-at-home mom to to get out of the house so whether you do you know normally work outside of the house or not it's still this idea of weekends are a little bit fluid right now like what is a weekend what is a break so have you all found a way to get breaks. I will tell you one thing I did out of necessity just this past weekend is I was going um, to the grocery store anyways to get a couple of items we needed. And I just needed more of a break than that. Like because the grocery store feels hard right now, like it feels scary and awkward to be there. So that wasn't a break. (laughs) Like that feels, makes me feel anxious. So I sat in my car in the parking lot 
and for probably like 30 minutes and just took a mental break. And it wasn't the most lovely break in the world, but it was something that felt necessary and it did help me. So that's just one thing that I've done. Um, Whoever wants to kind of chime in, if you have any thoughts on that. I can. Sure. Um, I am such an introvert. I just need to recharge by myself. And I've always been this way. I talked in my, on my little blog about dadder day, which is on Saturday mornings. My husband always takes our boys for the whole morning. So he would like take my oldest to swimming lessons, bring both boys. And I would like meet a girlfriend for breakfast or just do my own thing. And I love that time. So we have continued with Saturday. He still takes the boys on Saturday mornings, even though they're just like the Saturday, he loaded them up in the car and they went for a big long bike ride around a lake. Um, and I just stayed home and did my own thing. So I really crave that alone time. Um, I build it in during the day to my four-year-old still does what we call quiet time or rest time where it's an hour and he's expected to stay in his room. He has certain activities he knows that he can do. He reads books or um, like today he has a sensory bin, but it's very specific. He starts to crave it too. Like he needs his quiet time midday and we all just need a break. And that's while the two-year-old is napping. Um, so that's been huge is just having that midday break. That's usually when I like go on Instagram and say hi to my friends on Instagram and I reset the house. Those are all things to me that are calming. So I know some people, they think like, well, I don't want to clean on my break. That's not really a break to me. And I totally understand that. I'm just the type of person, like I turn on a podcast, I listen to an audiobook, and I just reset the house and it just resets me as well. And it feels so good. So that's kind of my biggest advice is to lean on your spouse because, my husband's an amazing partner. He's never quote unquote watching the kids. He, you know, after dinner at night, he, he often four out of five days during the week will take the boys outside and I will just clean up dinner or do my own thing. And it's so refreshing because I have to have those built in times. It just makes me a better mom, a better wife, a better human. So I build them in as much as I can, even though it's a little trickier now. Yeah. I love that you're still able to keep that routine though. Yeah, it's been so nice. I just, I need it. Yeah. What about you, Catherine? So I, I, I feel like right now I'm being spoiled because Luke is home and we have a deployment coming up in June. And so I am used to not having breaks. And then if they happen, just taking advantage of them. So um, I have gotten used to when the opportunity arises to go ahead and take it and not feel guilty or selfish for taking those breaks because you really do need them to be a better person and a better parent. Um, and like what you were saying, Nicole, like our spouses, our parents too, and, and they need to be able to fill in the gaps and step up right when you're um, not capable or not able or whatever. So um, Luke and I try to be a machine in that way that when one of us is not at our 100%, um, where the other other percent to fill in the gap. So um, for any of the moms out there, it's okay to take the break whenever you need it because it could be the difference between a fight or meltdown or whatever. So um, I'm really used to not having breaks in a, like a way of getting out of the home, but I am used to breaks inside of the home. And so nap time has been one of ours for sure. And then when Luke is home, he puts Owen to bed every night. So I clean up the kitchen. I do my clothes, my kitchen. Um, 
and get that little break. Or while I'm cooking dinner, I might put on a show while I'm watching and he'll play in the basement with Owen, things like that. So um, I have to like, when Luke is home, I have to redefine what a break is um, versus when he's really gone and, and what those mean. So I think being flexible in what a break look, looks like to you. Do you need a physical break and shut down your body, shut, shut away people, that sort of thing? Or do you just need to, um, you know, kind of like detox? There, I feel like there are different kinds of breaks. So um, I've learned to be content in getting the, the breaks in the home just because when Luke is gone, um, that's all really I have unless, unless a grandparent comes and stays with me or I go there, which is a lot of work. So, um, so I don't really use the break of like leaving to go do things all the time. So I think that's been um, really valuable for me is learning to be content in what simple small breaks I can claim during the day. So I mainly get those two as nap time, quiet time, same thing, you know, same concept. And then, um, when Luke puts on to bed kind of that evening, because I kind of need a transition into the evening time to like shut down my brain. Because if you go from parenting, because when Luke's deployed, it's like you're parenting from for like 14 hours, 12, to 14 hours, you know, so it's been nice when he's home, I kind of like ease into the detox time, the de decompression time, I guess. Um, yeah, so that's like my main thing is being okay with breaks and knowing that you deserve them. If you're even if you work or don't work, whatever kind of you know situation you have at home, or you don't even have kids or whatever, it's okay to take those breaks because it's going to make you a healthy human being. So yeah, I think that's so important. I think right now for a lot of us, we need more. Like it might not be a full day break or something that, but yeah. if you're feeling like extra anxious, I know I have. There are days that I'm great. And there are days that it's really hard. This morning was really hard for me. Um, it seems like anytime there's a big change, it takes me a couple of days. Like the, just the fact that, you know, I knew that we'd be quarantined or whatever you want to call it for longer than just two weeks. But when it extended to April 30th and it wasn't even April yet, I was like, I was, I feel like I panicked kind of. So I feel like I need more just quick mental breaks almost right now. Um, and we're going to talk about coping in a second. But one thing too, like if you are a single parent or if you just like, if you don't have kids, whatever it might look like to find what, what a break would look like mm -hmm. for you and what actually gives you a break. Like if you are a single parent, don't, don't be afraid to rely on screen time more than you usually do. Maybe whatever, you know, just whatever you can do to be able to get that mental space that you need because I know for a fact like I have had those meltdowns whenever I'm I'm not able to to get them when I feel like I'm expecting too much of myself and to be able to be on all day in some in a situation like this I don't know if that makes any sense but I just wanted to kind of throw the screen time idea in there yeah so. um, I was because gonna... that does give okay. a little break go ahead I was just going to say with that too, is that like creating a space where your break happens is really important. Cause I know that my house can get trashed by toddlers and kitchen messes and food and all that kind of thing in my bedroom while it gets, you know, messy sometimes because of clothes or whatever, but like Owen's not allowed to have toys in there. It's my safe space. It's my place to be a sanctuary to, to escape. So if there's a place in your home, obviously 
everybody's home now and, and things are different, but if there's a place that you can shut off to your kids or to your spouse or whatever, if you need like a, a woman cave, man cave, whatever it is, kid free zone, it's okay to create that space for yourself and not, and, and protect it honestly, and put boundaries and parameters around it um, just so that you can escape to that place. Cause it's really hard to find that space when you're all in the same house together, but um, it's okay to lock the door. It's okay to like <laughs> get away. So yeah. yeah, just wanted to add that. I hope you're enjoying this Q&A episode, but I want to take a break to thank our sponsors that are helping make Minimalish possible this week. Have you heard me talk about Kyrgyz yet? They are on a mission to make your home a cozy and comfortable place to be, and they're committed to creating opportunities for the fine people of Kyrgyzstan. Each pair of Kyrgyz is handmade using centuries-old felting techniques. They not only make your feet feel great, but wearing Kyrgyz also celebrates cultural heritage of an ancient part of the world. Plus, every pair is handcrafted by artisans who are paid a living wage and work in a safe and supportive environment. Wool is a special natural material that is sustainable, renewable, naturally breathable, comfortable in all seasons, and odor and stain repellent. And the natural properties of wool will always keep your feet at the perfect temperature no matter the season. I just love that Kirgi's mission is to make your home your sanctuary and your safe place. And as you put on your Kirgi's upon arrival and you take off your outside shoes, you put on these indoor shoes, you are signaling to yourself that you can leave the worries of the outside world outside. Their newest model are called Tengri's. They're unique and the felt in the Tengri's are softer and more pliable. So they fit to your feet like a warm hug. They feature high backs with a pull-on tab. Once you're in them, you won't want to take them off. I can definitely attest to this because I have a pair and I absolutely love them. I have the maroon pair and I just love wearing them around the house. They keep my feet the perfect temperature. They make my days at home just that much cozier. So you can visit kirgis.com and use promo code MINIMALISH to get 15% off your order. That's kirgis.com and use promo code MINIMALISH to get 15% off your order. I also want to thank Feels. Do you experience stress, have anxiety, or chronic pain? Or maybe you have trouble sleeping once or twice a week? You are not alone. And right now, we are living through a time when many of us are experiencing stress and anxiety, maybe more than usual. Personally, I struggle with anxiety, and I am grateful that I discovered Feels. It's a premium CBD that's delivered directly to your doorstep. Feels helps naturally reduce stress, anxiety, pain, and sleeplessness. The thing to remember with CBD is that finding your right dose is important. So leave room to experiment over the course of a week or so. You may need to take more or less to get the effects that you're after. But what I love about Feels is that if you're new to CBD, they have support for you. They offer a free CBD hotline to help guide your personal experience. And I have loved talking with them and hearing their passion behind helping people through these issues like anxiety, and getting guidance on using CBD effectively. Feels works naturally to help you feel better. 
There's no high or hangover or addiction with CBD. It's just a natural way to combat these things like anxiety, stress, chronic pain, and sleeplessness. So you can join the Feels community and get Feels delivered straight to your door every month. You'll save on every order and you can pause or cancel at any time. You could try Feels today by going to feels.com slash minimalist and you'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. That's F-E-A-L-S dot com slash minimalist with a T to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. Feels.com slash minimalist. All right, friend, let's get back to today's episode. Um, Okay, so... Let's talk a little bit. This is kind of going to piggyback, I think, at least um, from breaks and anxiety (laughs) go hand in hand for me right now. So we are going to talk a little bit about, let me make sure I didn't, yeah, I didn't skip anything. We are going to talk a little bit about coping with fear and anxiety. Um, I want to know particularly, well, either of you, because I haven't, I have a two and a half year old. So um, Nicole, how have you have you had to communicate this with uh, your like your older son at all? And what has that looked like? Like, how have you navigated that? If you want to share any ways that you've coped with like your own fear and anxiety, if that's been part of your experience. Sure. Um, so I, ha- I have talked about it with Henry. We've talked about he's almost five. He understands some of it, and of course, we've treaded very lightly with what we've told him. We've, we're kind of using the language, you know, a lot of people are getting sick, and we're washing our hands and trying to keep our distance from people to stay safe. So, I, I, you know, we've even talked about, you know, you want to be six feet away from people. So, if we're out on the trail and you see someone coming up, you want to make sure you're way over to the side, and things like that he understands. The thing with kids is that I find they're just so much more resilient than we think. You know, I thought, oh my goodness, he just was at preschool one day and then just not there the next. And who knows if he will even be back this year. And I thought he's going to be crushed. He'll miss his friends. He has such a lovely teacher and he has been amazing. He loves being home. He's fallen into our little rhythm. He, we talk about his teacher, we talk about his friends, but truly he's been really content and just happy at home. Um, we have found ways for him to connect with his friends, which I think is huge. So we've FaceTimed a couple of his friends, which is really nice. Um, a couple a couple of us have written letters back and forth, so you can get a letter in the mail, which is really exciting. But I think just keep in mind that if you're feeling guilty about your kids missing out, which I have that same guilt too, especially Henry's turning five in April, and I'm just crushed that we're missing his birthday party and all these things. But kids are so much more resilient than we give them credit for. And they will probably remember this as a time that they had all this extra time with mom and dad and we were home and we went on bike rides and I learned to be best friends with my brother. That's my biggest hope for my boyfriend. <laughs> working on it. Um, but I just think that that's the biggest for kiddos is that, you know, we just always want to, we always maintain a, maintain a calm front that this is something we're all going through together. It's hard for him to see our neighbors and not play with them, but now he understands it just waves. Um, so we're working through for myself. I of course don't try to show any of my struggles or my hard days to the kids. Um, but we, I think if you're human, you're probably having some hard days or hard times sprinkled throughout this. For me, I think my biggest thing is 
I don't have to watch every single press conference for, I mean, for weeks, I felt like I was watching every press conference. Like why? (laughs) And so I realized, okay, pump the brakes on that. I don't need to be doing that. That's not really helping my mental health at all. Um, I don't need to be scrolling Facebook and seeing all these, you know, things that are not the best, not putting me in the best place. So I'm trying to kind of pull back from that. And I actually found that Instagram has stayed really, what I see, who I follow on Instagram has stayed very positive and kind of as more of like, we're all in this together. We'll get through this mentality. So that has still been kind of a safe place for me to go. But Mm -hmm. Facebook has not always been that way for me. So just pulling back a little bit, trying to get outside every day has been huge for me, huge for my kids is that we are outside a lot, just getting fresh air, seeing our neighbors from a distance. um, And that just has felt so good. And I say, there's a silver lining that is happening now because we live in Minnesota. It's really cold, really snowy, but spring is coming and we've been outside and the sun is shining and that is a gift in itself. So getting outside has really helped too. Yeah, that's so good. Um, what about you, Catherine? Have you, I know you just shared about this. You just shared about coping. Yeah. So, so I can share. Yeah. I can kind of like <laughs> elaborate. Okay. Um, so I guess the preface is that I have been dealing with serious anxiety since college. I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder. So, um, I feel like it's faded a lot since then. I don't know if, I don't know if I'd be diagnosed necessarily now with that, but, um, it's, it's valuable to know that that's what it was, that it had a name and it was concrete. Um, and I have learned concrete ways to combat that anxiety. And the most powerful thing that I've learned to do is, is self-talk and then analyze my feelings based on um, what my anxiety is telling me to do. Because it's very, very powerful and very instructional almost. Um, it can really tell us things to do or feel or think that maybe we wouldn't normally Um, and so the best things that I have been able to do through that self-talk and, and this is through like cognitive behavioral therapy, through progressive relaxation, like there are a lot of official term things, methods that you can use. Um, but to simplify it, I have learned that the best ways are to either detox, distract or discuss and detox would be like withdrawing. And some people think that with withdrawing is isolating but sometimes it's actually good for us so we need to need to detox from people like you were saying social media take a nap make sure you're eating the right foods drinking water things like that um so i know that when i'm feeling physically weak from anxiety i need to detox and i need to recharge and then for distraction sometimes our anxiety will tell us things to do whether it's speak harsh words or do something harmful. Um, it could make us, I, I guess one good, one thing that a lot of us do as moms is Google research or look up everything all the time or things like that. Um, and so distraction is like doing things that physically engage your mind to do something else. So whether it's watching a show, doing a puzzle, um, organizing something, cleaning something, listening to a podcast, Um, For me, distracting is probably my best one just because it takes my mind off those thoughts in the first place. And then um, disgust is obviously discussing your feelings with someone who is safe. And that might not be who you think it is. It might not be your spouse. Um, might not be your family members. It it might be a friend that can validate or empathize. It could be a therapist. It could be anyone. It might be your spouse, whoever your person is. Um, 
And so those three things have really taught me what to do and what scenario of anxiety. Um, and I feel like I've felt all of those throughout this time. Um, but because I've had years to practice, it's more automatic for me. So it, it does take practice and it takes like the willpower to do it. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that we really need to be mindful of our anger because anger is a secondary emotion and it's usually anxiety underlying that. And so you might feel irritable or short or impatient during the day with your anxiety. And that's an indication that you do need to go to those three things. Um, so I don't know, I've I just make a list of, of the coping mechanisms, coping mechanisms that you find most um, helpful, that sort of thing. Um, and then with Owen, he obviously is too young to really understand everything, but we have, I have a highlight on this. Um, when you're in crisis mode, being clear with your language with them and using specific terms is really important so that they can't fill in the gaps of what they think is happening. Like, am I going to die from a common cold? You know, like, what is the coronavirus? What, what does it mean? What is, you know, what are doctors saying and using clear language so that he, um, doesn't get anxious, I guess. Um, but Owen, Owen's anxiety comes out in the form of like, my stomach hurts, my toe hurts, um, obviously meltdowns, big emotions and things like that. So I use those three things as well to know what he needs. So he might need to go for a nap early. He might need to have a show time or like screen time, or he might need to talk about what's going on. And I'll be like, are you upset? Are you okay? So, um, I guess, I don't know if that's helpful, but that's kind of how I've managed it a lot. And like I said, over the years, I've had time to master it. Um, so I can't really say how long it takes me, but the more you do it, if you write those, write those three things on a mirror when you're getting ready in the morning, how can I combat these feelings? Put them on your fridge. Um, there's just so many tools that we have at our disposal to combat anxiety that... Um, it really is more simple than we think it is. Like it's not going to be as overwhelming if you are looking for ways to fight it. So that's yeah. kind of how I, I do it. Yeah. That's, that's so helpful. And I know for me personally, I am learning a lot about my anxiety during this time. Um, learning a lot about myself and it's not like all good things. That's for sure. But I'm trying to, be as kind to myself as I can as I'm navigating that. There are certain times um, I was diagnosed with like generalized anxiety in college, but I've always been able to manage it mostly. Uh, and it, it has come in just waves of there are certain yeah. seasons where it was worse than others. So this season is one of them, <laughs> I can officially say. Uh, but something, a couple of things that have helped me is one, moving my body it's and getting outside kind of like Nicole said has been huge for me and it's not something that like works permanently if I do that I'm good all day or anything but it's just something that I need to I've more so been keeping myself in routine doing those mm -hmm. things more than usual and that's a positive habit anyway so that's been really helpful um and I have just been honestly trying to figure out what those other things are. And I think distraction has been hugely important for me because I do, I get in this mode of 
like I feel like my anxiety comes out and, and this is so true of other seasons of other seasons of my life too, because my anxiousness and OCD revolves around health issues. <laughs> it's like, I just overly want to research everything. So um, that's not helpful right now. So I have needed to kind of do the distraction thing. And a lot of times if I do it, I've found like right now, if I do it with Gemma, as in if I'm wanting to, if I'm needing to stop myself from that and she's awake and she's kind of in the room with me uh, and I don't want that her to feed off of like what I'm feeling, I will do it together and be like, okay, let's go play with Play-Doh. Let's go. Yeah. Um, that helps me actually. And let's go uh, watch a movie or something so that I am more accountable almost because I, I'm accountable to her. I'm engaged with her and that helps me distract myself. I mean, I'm not distracted because I'm helping her. Does that make sense? Or I'm not helping her, but I'm with her, but um, I'm distracting myself from the thing that I was doing before. So that's, that's helped me, but I can't say that I'm like, <laughs> I've got this down. I'm coping well. Uh, one thing too, that is something that I'm, I'm realizing more and more is that my faith is, really important through all of this. It's um, something that like when nothing else is working, I'm like, okay, I, uh, I can't be the, and this is just obviously like personal because of my personal faith, but like God doesn't call us to fear and um, he can, he can help walk us through this. And so something that I've been resonating on is um, I didn't write it down, but I think it's Philippians four. Like it's that common verse mm -hmm. that says I can do all things through God who gives us strength. But right before that is when Paul also says, and I never uh, bring a scripture into the podcast, but it's just like, it's necessary for me right now. So I'm just going to share it. But, um, before that is when he talks about being content in all things. And so I've really been thinking about how do, how am I, how do I be content through this? Because that's been my hugest issue is I don't know when this is ending. I want to because that really throws me through a loop to not know that, but I can't. And so how can I be content with not knowing that? And just for me, that's the only way that I can see it. And then before that, like he says, I, God gives me strength to be content in all things. I'm not giving a direct quote. Um, so he, through his strength, I can be content in all things. And that's just like, that's it. But right before that is that verse that says, fix your eyes on all things that are good. Um, fix your eyes on things that are lovely, good, true, whatever mm -hmm. it is. Go <laughs> Philippians 4. I'll put that in the notes. Um, whenever I ask the next question, I'll put that in the chat. But that it, it all goes together for me. If we, if I get outside, like my mind goes to gratitude a lot easier. I don't know why. It's just like I can look around and see good things. So if I can stick to gratitude, if I can stick to looking at the good things, um, you know, I'm not saying that it's like 100% a solution, but it's just something I come back to. So just this idea of gratitude and thinking about like, okay, how do I be content? Like, what is the good that's around me right now? What are the good things that are happening um, under my roof or just like in the world in general right now? And, and that has helped. So I'm sorry if that was long-winded <laughs> and kind that's of going good. all over the place. Um, the last, well, there's two more questions, but uh, I think the last question is kind of like a quick one, but this is the last question that I don't know. Um, Nicole, I know you have a teaching background and specifically elementary. So I don't know if you have anything to speak to this idea of just tips for learning from home with kids. 
Um, I will say really quickly that when I saw this, I thought I'm not going to speak to this one because I don't do really much formal learning at home with Gemma right now. So as a parent, I can't speak to it. But then I decided um, that I will speak to it as kind of a former teacher because I was a middle school teacher. So one thing I will say is just to have grace on like everyone in this situation. If you have older kids or if you have kids that are in whatever, elementary school, middle school, high school, there are some schools that I know are starting the e-learning stuff, some schools that have been doing it from the beginning. And when it comes to that, like it's everyone, it's new for everyone, including Mm -hmm. your kids. I mean, unless your kids were in online school before this, but including your kids, including the teacher, including you. So with that said, this like just might not be the year for all A's for like having those high standards of whatever you might have had on your children or for whatever they might have had on themselves. So I would say that as a teacher, as a middle school teacher, I saw that students of that age and older, because I taught high school at one point as well, have so much pressure on them um, in a normal school day, like in a normal school year. There's so much pressure, so much academic pressure. And that cripples them in a lot of ways. So I just want to say like during this time, if it's, if it's something that's been like hard in your home with older kids, it, do as much as you can to, to let it go from your perspective as a parent or even your perspective as a teacher. Um, help your kids get through that as well and just know that like this year is kind of just something that <laughs> nobody expected. There's no rules. Um, there's no rule book on how to like finish out this school year well. And I think that um, the less pressure that you can put on it, the better. And yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say there is because I, I don't really do any formal learning like as a parent with Gemma right now, other than reading books and the normal things that you do with a toddler. Um, but yeah, Nicole, did you have any thoughts on that? Oh, no. Put out there is that everyone is doing the best they can. Parents are doing the best they can. Teachers are doing the best they can. I just think as a teacher, how challenging this would be and how they would give anything to be back in the classroom with those kiddos. And, you know, all of my teacher friends on Facebook or social media are just crushed that they're not there with their students. Um, So giving teachers some grace because they are trying the best they can. And then also just giving your kids some grace that this is a totally different situation. They did not plan to be in this situation and they may have behaviors pop up. They may have, they may not be super excited about learning. They may um, have a poor attitude, whatever it is, just allow them to feel, give them some grace because this is just such a different time for everyone that we have to remember that everyone is trying their best. So like you like to piggyback off of what you said is just give everyone some grace. Everyone is trying their best and just keep that in mind. Um, So my oldest is going into kindergarten in the fall. And I mean, he's in a little half day preschool program. It's nothing too intense, but I did want to keep some sort of learning up with him. So I'm just keeping it super simple. I know that kids in elementary school and hopefully really any grade are not sitting and doing worksheets all day. And so please don't do that to your kids. Don't make them just sit and do worksheets all day. That's not real life. That's not what they do at school. And I think there's this feeling of like, oh, I must print all these activities and they have to do all these things. And I think we're on our third week of being home and I haven't done any activities with my soon to be five-year-old, any worksheets. Um, But we've done a lot of other learning activities that 
I just keep really simple. I think that focusing on one a day is plenty for him. And I just, my gut tells me, I know he'll be fine. Um, so I kind of bounce around between math or literacy or even sensory and art and fine motor. We're still working on that at his age. And I feel like that is plenty. So I just really want to send the message out that whatever you're doing as a parent, whatever you're able to do in your situation, it's okay. They will be okay. The teachers are expecting students to come from kind of all different experiences. And whenever they go back to school, everyone will have had a different experience at home. And so just the biggest thing that I love for people to do with their kids is just read to your kids. If you did nothing besides just reading to your child during this time, I really think they would be okay. Um, yeah, so I'm just keeping it really simple and keeping it really fun. I always want learning to feel really fun. I feel like him going into kindergarten, the most important thing I can do as his mom is teach him that books are amazing. Learning is fun. School is fun. And so I focus on that. And I just really hope other parents are also focusing on that. And if your kid is giving you a lot of pushback on something, maybe it's time for you to just take a step mm -hmm. back, sit, cuddle with them on the couch and read a book and call it a day try again the next day but it's just not worth turning learning into something that they don't look forward to so i say keep it simple keep it light go on adventures with them take them outside read books they will be okay that's kind of my biggest <laughs> message about learning at home yeah and also too like with that real life is learning and like no mm -hmm. matter what age range you're talking about whether it's like a toddler or a high schooler, how many, how much opportunity have they had? And it's obviously from like home to home, it's different to, to really be in their home all day and, and learn the things that like cooking or like, I don't know, different chores that they might not have done before. And that sounds silly, but it's just like a lot of it, cooking involves math and, um, mm. And there's just real life is there's a lot of learning that is done through real life. There's a lot of learning that is done through play. And I think this is a great opportunity for all of that to happen. And that um, really what actually it, matters. You know, I think of kids going into kindergarten and my son next year, the most important thing I think I can send him to kindergarten with, no, I'm not teaching him formally how to read, but I am teaching him how to zip up his coat, how to mm -hmm. take on and off, how to take stuff his own backpack, how to use the bathroom completely independently. Those are the skills that kindergarten teachers and teachers are looking for. Do they have those life skills? Can they listen? Can they speak in a loud enough voice that adults can hear them? Can they um, raise their hand if they need something, advocate for themselves? Those are skills that we can be working on just in daily life that make a huge difference in the classroom. Thinking of others, being empathetic, um, and you can use a lot of books to get kind of get down to those skills. And I feel so passionate that that's actually the best thing that you can teach your child at home. Manners, respect, all of that makes a huge difference in the classroom and teachers will handle all of the academic pieces. So if you're feeling not so sure about teaching academics and this is not your wheelhouse, that is okay. That's the teacher's job. They will handle that. But you can teach your child how to be respectful and responsible and kind and thoughtful. Those are really, really important things that everyone, if everyone just worked on those during that, during this time, that would be amazing. Yeah. And Catherine, you had like an etiquette, an etiquette school going on, right? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you guys touched on basically a lot of what, um, 
we've been doing too, because I, my son is almost three. He does not sit still. Like there is no sitting at a table doing an activity unless it involves like glue or something. Like it's not, it's not, not a thing. So a lot of our learning comes from, like you were saying, daily activities, unloading the dishwasher. Can you count the number of forks or like, um, we'll go outside. What color are the leaves? Um, lately he's been learning to take his plate to the counter after dinner and saying, excuse me, um, learning to ask what other people would like to do, obviously learning to share more and and things like that. So um, we cannot really do any formal learning in our, in our house just because he just wants it still for it, which I'm okay with that. Like there is no problem there. It's just learning to lean into it. And I think that's so much of what we do as a parent is, and, and scripture talks about it too, bending with the child, bending in the way that they should go. If that day they're not going to do what you think you should do with them, it's okay to bend with them and, and circumvent that. So um, for us having flexibility, um, time blocking is good just because um, at least it's, a, it's an end time to some sort of learning. Like if we're going to be outside then we'll have our outside time if we're going to have our inside book time. Like there's an end time to everything so that I don't feel like he's not getting it. So if the time is up, the time is up, you move on to the next activity. So that's been good. Um, lots of snacks during those times too, just like fueling his brain with good things. Um, and I was actually an online learner for undergrad and graduate school. So I know what it feels like for the older kids to really struggle to sit and write papers and do hard skills and things like that. It is not easy because you just feel alone and it's not fun to learn while you're alone. So um, just having a lot of empathy as a parent for your older kids. Um, But yeah, the etiquette thing was fun just because we were learning um, our fancy family fellowship, learning different things, which is what my parents did with us when we were home. We, we um, would have formal dinners um, or we would practice going out to eat, things like that. Um, we practice the different like table settings. There's like, I forget what they're called, like continental versus European, whatever they are. We did things like yeah. that. So, um, and then we would have musical recitals at home after dinner, things like that. Um, so I just think that learning, like you were saying, they're absorbing it in other ways that's not conventional. And I think that's really makes them a well-rounded human being. So. Yeah, yeah. I, that's so fun. And I think, too, like my my aunt has three girls and most of them, two out of three of them are teenagers now, but um, they are hardly ever together. But uh, I shouldn't say that, but, you know, they're, they're always running from here to there as as a home with three older kids often is. And now they're all together. And one of the things they did was the teenagers like had a hibachi night they they cooked like hibachi and it's just thinking like how can you make it fun and just realize that there's there is learning happening there and also just like as much encouragement instead of all the pressure for that age because yeah mm-hmm. online learning it is not fun i did that too in college uh quite a bit and it's it's not super fun so um all right, so we have one last question, and it's just kind of a fun one. I, at least I think it is. And it's just this idea of what's something that you've implemented during this time, um, during this new normal that you'll continue to do when things maybe go back to, maybe they won't go back to normal, but, you know, when this time is over, what's something? And for me, it's, I already said it um, earlier, is just I've actually 
like I enjoy working out now and I can, I could not have said that earlier. And I also have been walking more um, and I will continue to do that. I will have to find different time frames to do them, but I will continue to do that after all of this is over. Um, what about you, Nicole? Um, I think for me, it's just this idea of just slowing down and savoring things. I'm a very like go, go, go busybody. I like to be productive. I, I've just always kind of been like, that. I want to check things off my list. I would get an assignment in college and I would have it done. You know, that's just kind of my personality. And even with my kids, I'd be like, okay, we're going on a walk now and then we're going to come home and I'm going to make dinner. Da, da, da. <laughs> and now I feel like we're, we're going on these multiple walks, but you know, like my four-year-old wants to get off his bike and then my two-year-old will get off his trike and they want to stop in the puddle and everything just feels slower. And it's, and I'm just allowing for that. I'm saying, you know, there's no rush. We have nowhere to be. It's fine. We can just take all this time. Um, and even one other thing that's kind of come out of this that I didn't expect is feeling more emotional about my two-year-old, actually, Luke, that his whole life, he, you know, as a second child, he's been very he's always been tagging along. So it's like, okay, Luke, we're getting in the car. We're taking Henry to preschool. Okay, Luke, we're going to Costco. Okay, Luke, we're picking up Henry from preschool. Okay, we're going on a play date with Henry's friends. He's always his whole life tagged along and been like such a champ about it. But it's made me think, oh my goodness, like I have just loved having more time with him in a different way that doesn't feel like we're just running errands or doing day-to-day things that he was always just kind of riding along. Here he was, we're doing all these things for your brother um, or doing these things that mom needs to get done. And that has been so sweet. I was making activities or thinking of some activities for Henry, my preschooler. And then I thought, you know, I can think of some little things that Luke can do. And he's like, I mean, very simple. If you've seen my Instagram, they're like very, very basic. He just turned two. And he just lights up. Like when he's, when I say, okay, this is what you're doing today, Luke, you're putting this pom-pom in a paper towel roll and it's going to fall (laughs) into a bowl. And he just loves it. And that has just kind of given me a different perspective on slow. Like, I feel like I, it's easy to get focused on, you know, school or routines, especially with an older child, but to really focus on just loving him at two and all that comes with being two years old. It's a lot. It's been so special. And I just feel like maybe this would have passed me by had that we not had this hard stop. Um, and that's been really nice. Yeah, that's so sweet. Two-year-olds are fun. <laughs> <laughs> fun. Um, but yeah, I, I can definitely attest to, I feel like a slower pace is something that two-year-olds really thrive in almost, or it's almost like they might not be at a slower pace, but if we're at a slower pace and kind of like let them do their thing, it's a totally different experience. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Catherine? What's something that you'll take with you into normal, normal life? (laughs) So I I feel like there's been a couple of things. I'm actually grateful that this time has kind of made me do them because I don't think I would have thought of or implemented them without this. Um, but the fancy family fellowship for sure. I want to try to do that if we can, at least once, once a month, because I, I think it just treats the family. Like we have dinner together every night, but it's not something that is, 
as intentional. It's usually quick and we got to get dinner done and we got to get to bedtime and things like that. And it was so nice. Like you guys are saying to slow down and enjoy each other in a different way um, and serve one another. It really helped us to practice um, what servanthood looks like and humility. And um, if you saw it on my story, Luke was pretending to be a waiter and, you know, Owen's learning to speak well and things like that. So that was just super special. It's probably one of my favorite um, memories so far. We got to dance together um, and just like embracing those moments where you, you might feel silly while you're doing it. It's, you know, it's kind of awkward in some ways, but um, I'm going to remember doing that. And it might, might be messy too. Like you might get stains on your clothes and it might be a big, big produ production with like dishes and stuff like that, but it's so worth it to do those things, even though it feels hard with toddlers because Toddlers will don't really care what your agenda is. They have their own. <laughs> but it was worth trying all of that. So we will definitely try to do that again. Um, and then the schedule has been really nice just because we were so slow beforehand. I feel like I actually want to get more specific with the schedule once this all slows down. Our, you know, uh, the end time ends. And um, I feel like it's really helped me not be as anxious during the day with what to do with him because there have been so many days I'm like, well, I'm on my own again. Like we're just going to have a repeat day, but trying to get more specific with our time um, has really helped me with that. And just to look forward to playing together. Cause I think as a mom, it's really hard. It, it, no one talks about how hard it is to sit down and play with your child in a way that's enjoyable. So um, it's really helped. And then I, I don't, I haven't mentioned this yet in this uh, thing, but I mentioned it on Instagram doing the choice chart and the star chart, um, the discipline thing where you show them where they are color wise. And it's helped with us um, manage emotions and Luke and I be on the same page. And so once that's been implemented, I feel like we are now able to handle him discipline wise. Um, and so we will continue that for sure. And the star chart is like, chores and tasks that he's learning. So basically the, all the types of learning that we mentioned before in the last question, um, we just have a star chart that we mark off. So we'll just keep doing that. I think that's been really great. Um, and then we've added more crafts, which I am not a craft mom, but I am enjoying it. So <laughs> I think we'll, I think we'll keep that and stick to crafts that I can manage and can clean up. But um, yeah, it's been really, it's been a very eye opening time as far as learning myself as a mom in this phase of life. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I think there's just so much learning that has been done in this for all, like for everyone, there's so much learning that, that can happen during this so much learning about ourselves, our families, whoever's in your home with you. If you are like by yourself, just so much learning of, of how strong we are, of, um, how to be strong for our kids, of, how to be kind to ourselves and give ourselves those breaks when needed. But I think like we'll all, you know, we'll all be changed after this and, and hoping it's for the better and hoping too that like everyone stays healthy and well and safe through all of this. Anyways, I'm just so glad you guys were able to be on here and thank you for joining us. And again, thank you, Nicole and Catherine for, for talking with me and talking with all of us. All right, friends, so I know that this conversation took place a couple of weeks ago, and we are even deeper into sheltering in place. And we might feel even more stir-crazy 
I just want you to know that I am thinking of you. I am praying for this community during this time, and I know that this is hard, but I hope that you are staying healthy. I hope that you are doing the best that you can to care for yourself during this time, to find peace during this time, to continue on with routines that help you be intentional, that help you just focus on what matters to you. I know that that has been a struggle for me during this time, but when I do it, when I wake up and do my morning lists, when I make sure that I move my body, when I do all the things that make me feel better on a normal day, I feel better on these strange days as well. And I hope too that you are able to look for the good because I think that is really the only thing that is going to continue to get us through this is to see the good even amongst the hard things. It doesn't mean that it doesn't ever feel hard. It just means that looking for those good things are what pull us through. If you enjoyed this episode, would you, as always, share it with a friend or share it on Instagram? You can tag me, you can tag Nicole and Catherine as well. Let us know that you enjoyed it. Let us know that you were listening in and enjoying a cup of coffee with us. I love seeing that and it helps invite other women into this community. So I'm super grateful for that. I'm super grateful for you for being here and I will talk to you right back here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.